Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about five unique identities we can claim as Christians. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and figuring out who we are isn't always easy. You know, we can look in a mirror and we can find out how tall we are, what color our hair is, whether we're beautiful or maybe not so beautiful. And those can all go towards figuring out who we are. We can look at our resume to see if we're a student or a policeman or we're a doctor to distinguish who we are. And we can look at our calendars, see what we spend our time doing. Maybe we're on a team and you're at practice a few times a week and you can call yourself an athlete. Maybe you tuck a kid into bed every night and you know you're a parent. And that may help you get closer still to knowing your identity. But if we stop there, our sense of who we are is going to be shallow and fragile. Anytime our circumstances change, and God promises that they are going to change in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, we're going to have to change our identity with it. Fortunately, there is a better alternative. So here are five identities that we can claim as followers of Christ. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So number one, Peter says that we are a chosen people. Now, Peter's describing the church at large, but this directly applies to me. The English Standard Version says that we are a chosen race, but this race is not racial. The chosen race isn't based on the color of our skin or where we live in the world or even our genetics, who our parents are. All of that that we use to make up our identity, what we can see in the mirror, what we can see on our resume, what we can see by our surroundings, isn't what God identifies us with. We can do away with those old identities regardless of our culture and our language and our nation because God has called us to be a part of a new race, a chosen race for him. Before he was arrested, Jesus was praying to his father, a prayer recorded in John chapter 17, verse 20. In verse 20, it says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me so that they may be brought to complete unity. We have a new identity, and it can't be based on all the things that the world uses to divide us. It's not based on what we look like or the language we speak, but on God choosing us, adopting us to be his children. When we stake our identity on that, then we can be brought to what Jesus calls complete unity. We'll be as close and inseparable as the Father and the Son. Number two, we are members of a royal priesthood. We're not a chosen people to sit around. 
God calls us to action and to service. We are all members of a royal priesthood. And while that tells me that God didn't intend to set any of his children apart from the others as priests of a different class, meaning we're all equal, it also tells me that God expects a lot from me. And sure, he hasn't selected some to be priests above the rest, although some were to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, as Paul writes in Ephesians 4.11. But even though not all of us fill those public roles in the faith, we're all called to priesthood. So instead of lowering the bar for what it means to be a priest, Paul is actually raising the bar for what it means to be a Christian. Priests devote themselves to God. They're set apart for his work. And in the Old Testament, they also had one very important job that the other Israelites couldn't oversee. Exodus 29, 42. It says, for the generations to come, this burnt offering is to be made regularly at the entrance to the tent of meeting before the Lord. There I will meet you and speak to you. There also I will meet with the Israelites and the place will be consecrated by my glory. So I will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar and will consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priests. Then I will dwell among the Israelites and be their God, and they will know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of Egypt so that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. The priests of the Old Testament were selected and consecrated to oversee the sacrifices for the people so that Israel would know that the Lord was their God. Priests today serve the same function. And while the perfect encompassing sacrifice has already been made, as priests, we proclaim the good news of that sacrifice so that the world may know that the Lord is God. So we are part of a royal priesthood. Number three, we are a holy nation. Holy means set apart, different, maybe even strange. The King James Version says that we're also a peculiar people. And, and when we're searching for our identity, God expects us to be a little peculiar. We're called to be different, set apart, holy, because we have centered ourselves on something new. Romans 12, 2 tells me, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I should be transformed. I should be different. I should be set apart. Think about that. If you, if the way you act out your identity, is it any different from before you were a Christian? How can you be holy? How can you be different? How can you be set apart or peculiar? Number four, Peter says in 1 Peter 2 that we are a special possession and that once we were not a people, but now we are the people belonging to God. Now, God is the creator. He has a right to everything and everyone by right of that creation. When I make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch, it's my peanut butter and jelly sandwich unless I give it to someone. But this here, it implies something more. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, 
Honor God with your bodies. You have been bought at a price, and you are the possession of God as a Christian. Does your identity reflect that purchase? Therefore, honor God with your bodies. You know, finally, Peter here, he concludes by writing that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We have been set apart as a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a a holy nation for a purpose. That purpose is to glorify God. That is my purpose. And that is my identity. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. I am looking forward to sitting down and talking with you next time. Hey, thanks for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you're growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content and want to make sure that others see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.